The winemakers are up next, but first, check out this other great show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Destination Eat Drink. I'm Brent Peterson from Destination Eat Drink, the travel podcast for foodies. This week, we're trying Granita, melons, and giant heads of lettuce on a visit to Sicily as the island emerges from the pandemic. Download Destination Eat Drink today on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. Hey, welcome to the winemakers. I'm I'm Brian Casey. <laughs> Who? <laughs> I'm I'm Brian Casey, and that right there I'm is Brian Bart. Casey. That's Bart Hansen, and and that's Sam Katuri. Yeah, that was actually <laughs> Sam Katuri, and I'm Bart Hansen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I was just saying we went out to the the Inkwells yesterday. It's a uh, my wife used to go there when she was a teenager. It's out at Samuel P. Taylor park so if you go to petaluma and take d street all the way to the end mm-hmm. and then it hits it meets sir francis drake boulevard which yep. will probably be named uh martin luther king boulevard shortly but mm-hmm. you take you take a left on what was sir francis drake boulevard and then about five miles down the road um there's the, these water holes and then a little bridge that goes over it so the it's cool. You got little waterfalls and then these deep holes. So people actually jump off rocks into these holes. And then it was mostly like 15, 16, 17 year old kids. When we got there, there, were, there was just uh, five people there. and It was really spaced out, but then more and more people started showing up and then they started jumping off the bridge, which was hell a sketch. And I was, yeah, especially the, on a drought year, especially on a drought uh, year. Oh, you yeah. have to like aim for the hole, right? And that's the whole deal is you got to aim for the inkwell. Yeah. So, and I was the, I was pretty much the only adult out there. So I, I was feeling the pressure of if someone, you know, seriously injures themselves, it's going to be me having to air quotes around adult there for uh, those yeah. who yeah, aren't on sorry. the Zoom call right now. Sorry. I was the well, old, I was the <laughs> oldest person out there. I mean, I guess the question goes is, you know, were, were you the modern version of a Karen saying, Hey, you know, you kids shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> No, that's that's not me. Um, <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm letting my my daughter and her friends jump off rocks and stuff, which, <laughs> which is not something I'm really comfortable with. But I try and always be cognizant of the fact that they are kids and they want to climb trees and they want to jump off rocks into holes. And you know, we used to do that shit all the time, and no one said anything to us. We would disappear after school or on the weekends. We disappear for five hours and I can't I still my daughter's you know almost 12 I can't imagine her saying all right I'm gonna go ride my bike over the triplets house I'll I'll see you in four or five hours like I'm not even there yet but I was doing that shit when I was like six so I just let them climb all over the place and do whatever they're gonna do and you know if they get if they get hurt then chalk it up to learning experience I remember the first time Abby climbed up at Howard Park that that big net that goes up the pole you know it looks like a and I remember it. Is that still there? I uh, haven't been there in a while, but yeah, it's, I'm pretty sure it's still there. And, and when your kid starts climbing, you'll see Sam when 
when Althea gets that age and she wants to climb, it physically, your groin, it physically aches when you're watching them climb <laughs> up that high. It, it's true. It's a physical feeling because you're so afraid of them falling. But it's like humans are capable of, of things. You know, you see a guy climbing half dome with no ropes. So humans are capable of doing shit like that. And why should I be the guy that's going to tell my daughter, you know, you can't, can't do things that scare you. So. Well, it's like, it's like skiing with young kids. I mean, you know, they're low to the ground and they're fearless. So they go fast when they ski. Um, You know, Sam, you were probably one of those kids. You were probably, you know, very young. Ask my orthopedic surgeon. I'm one of those kids now. (laughs) (laughs) I have a, you know, cadaver <laughs> a cadaver ligament in one of my knees yeah no you I, haven't, I, the fact is Althea would probably up. climb up that rope thing now at 17 months and uh i would let her and and then get in trouble for it was probably right i would go down but you they gotta fall you gotta fall the only way you figure out how high you can go is by falling <laughs> yeah yeah that's right the, and the, the trick all right and this concludes the dad it's a uh, portion of t- that's it. And uh, they weren't drinking any wine yesterday. I don't know what right, you guys yeah. were. No, they were were they didn't them. drink any wine. They didn't smoke any dope and they didn't break their legs. It was a win parenting. It was. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. And they got ice cream after. So it was a good day. And but you got ice cream after too. Where do you get ice cream in Petaluma? Uh, Lala's, which has got Lala's. the big, Rainbow flag out front. It's on the boulevard. And uh, you, you go in. Goat, goat cheese ice cream or goat milk ice cream, right? It's pretty cool. I And I'm going back to vegan as of yesterday. So I got the um, the vegan turmeric um, ice cream. And then you order in the front and then you walk around to the back and they got a bunch of tables out there. So you're sitting basically on the Petaluma River. So it was nice. Isn't it? Isn't it all goat's milk? I don't. I don't know. We didn't see that. Oh, okay. I did like the conversation. It's that still the, isn't vegan, though, Bart. Yeah. Right. Really, well, they I, they I do. do uh, I do know that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> but it was a it was a funny conversation when I got all the kids there and they, that you know they ask you if you want a cone, or a cup. They have a paper cup and then what looked like a plastic cup. And Abby said. Oh, I don't want the plastic cup. That's not good for the environment. And the lady was like, it's not plastic. It's compostable. I don't order plastic. It's this certain kind of thing that you can blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's a five-minute long conversation. I'm like, this conversation never would have happened 10 years ago between a 12-year-old and the person that owns the ice cream store. <laughs> you're lucky You're lucky you didn't get, get – yeah. Get <laughs> you're lucky but, you didn't get thrown out of the store. No, I just, I have one of those kids. She responded to our, um, you know, the school sent us a survey about how comfortable we were going back to school. And it said uh, something about him and her was in the the thing that they sent us. And when they asked for comments at the end, she said, I, I want to send a comment back. And we we're like, okay. So she wrote up this whole thing, how she said, you shouldn't just say him or her. You should say him, her, or they, because there's transgender people and blah. She, she wrote a whole paragraph and sent it to the people at her school. I was like, holy shit, these kids are awesome. <laughs> well, and if, if, she, if she knows to do that to that, and, but the school didn't know to write it, she clearly learned it somewhere other than school. 
right? I mean, she's clearly smart enough to have like gathered it from the world and her school's still writing, you know, missing gender inclusivity in their, uh, in their surveys. Yeah, well, it came, we so, read uh, as a family. Smarter, meaning uh, your kid is smarter than the school she's going to. <laughs> yeah, well, it was part of her. She had to read 30 books over the summer. And so she, one of the books is Passenger 57, um, which is about a transgender person that gets lit on fire by a kid on a bus in Oakland. And there's a true story that happened, I don't know, 10 years ago or something. So, and through the whole, through the whole book, you're having to, it's weird to, to wrap your head around because they say they when they're describing the transgender kid. And so you're, you're used to hearing he or her. It takes a while for your brain to go, oh, they're, talk, they're not talking about a bunch of people. They're talking about this one person. But yeah, she got it from there. Yeah, yeah. Wait a minute. Did you say 30 books? Yeah. But this wow. summer? It's, it's only July 8th. Yeah. Uh, she did it last summer. I guess you got too. a head start. She, she started in March. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think she did it last summer too, but it's a lot of them are like, you know, if they can do the Divergent or Hunger Games, then that's like four books because, you know, you got to read every one of them. So she knocks those things out real quick and then. But it's still pretty amazing. I mean, 30 books. I, 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 yeah. I guess I'd hope Dane would read three books this summer. I, I would hope I'd have read 30 books my entire life up until now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that concludes the winemaker's we podcast you know, today. Drinking wine, smoking <laughs> cigarettes, and jumping off of rocks. Right. <laughs> yeah, we're we're doing other stuff as kids. Yeah. If you stuck with us so far, welcome to the winemakers, where we talk about wine. I guess. <laughs> uh, we haven't seen each other in a while, so. Right. We usually we usually save this twenty minutes of conversation for before we start recording, but you know. Yeah, figure we give or or at the end we figure we give you a little taste of the end at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> all right, this now is a sober. Is the problem. We're not drinking any wine, you guys. That's really that's the problem. exactly right. <laughs> also, it's a, it's a little too early. Uh, yeah. Well, we I had a nice. We definitely, uh, we definitely need some guests. You know. Well, we got it. It seems like we have a lot. We've got a lot lined up. It's just nothing for this week. So, you know, uh, you know what? On that note, though, um, Sam, you saw and everybody. This is a little teaser for everybody out there. You saw the email from the guy from uh, Wild Ark uh, in New York, right? Yes. And he's going to send wine. Yes. I gave him your shipping. Send address, wine to so. the tasting house. Right. Yep. And I so guess I guess I'll share with you guys when we get here. Um, and then once okay. that's happened, then we'll. And it is probably time for us to put together a a, a wine care package anyway to send over Sonoma Mountain to uh, the wild the, the far west of Rona Park, deliver at Brian's house. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was gonna come over and and try my Roussan today, but Bart's got a. He's got some repair guy showing up at his house, so he's got to hang out and wait for him. So, your AC go out? Bad no, for the no, AC it's uh, no, it's a it's a uh, direct TV issue. Oh. So, not that's what, that's everybody. I mean, let's be quite frankly. I think Dane's video game is not working. Like, there's other TVs <laughs> in the house, but the TV where you know NBA 2K is at, it's 
that's on the fringe. At, at this point, we're more likely to watch Dane play NBA 2K than real basketball, so <laughs> might as well get that fixed. Right. <laughs> and it'll probably be more competitive, too. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> All right, so what's been going on, Sam? You've been doing – what's business been like? Uh, you know, business has been slow. Um, part of that is because we've we've really slowed down who can come and and how often, you know, how many times, you know, how long people are here for, um, and how many people are seeing a day. Um, but it seems kind of like within the last week or two of what's been, you know, worse news and and frankly worse behavior by people all over the country um the in level of inquiries has has fallen way off um you know we have people coming today we have people tomorrow we have people on saturday um but uh it's certainly not what it was would have been you know july 2019 even um you know a year ago we would have been seven days a week here um with multiple parties a day so it's definitely not what it was last summer, um, but it's, uh, it's, you know, people are open. Um, I think that people are having a good time. You know, we don't have the same level of, like, interaction just because, you know, it's hard to do it through masks anyway, but just the way that we're functioning. But, you know, you watch people having a really nice time being outside, drinking good wine, eating a little bit of a food from Ovello. They hear a little bit of the story, but um, for the most part, they're just looking for a moment of truly escaping from like whatever else is going on. Um, and, uh, that is as valuable a service as we could ever provide. So, you know, I'm happy to, happy to be that place as long as we can. Yeah. I was on uh, Monday and Tuesday. I was at the hotel and we, we normally have a winery come in every day and pour complimentary do basically a complimentary tasting from 4.30 to 5.30. But on Monday and Tuesday, we didn't have any wineries lined up to come in. So on uh, Monday, I grabbed some uh, Kieran Robinson Syrah and some Dane Cellar Chenin Blanc and went out and did that. And then on uh, Tuesday, there was, there was I just grabbed some random wines from um, Fulcrum. But it, I was standing, standing out there doing the tasting and some people had just checked in. And they were in their 60s. And uh, they went and checked in and then came out, grabbed a, grabbed a couple of tastes of wine and sat down on some of the patio furniture out there, took off their masks, and they did a little cheers to each other. And I heard the guy say, now this is what I'm supposed to be doing in my retirement. Like, what? <laughs> like he had finally yeah. gotten to the spot where he was like at a hotel, relaxing, drinking wine, sitting next to his wife without his mask on. And it was like, just so nice to be feeling normal i think so i think a lot of people are like that yeah it's it's like a moment of letting go because i feel like you know obviously i hope everybody wears a mask but when you're wearing a mask or when you're not wearing a mask you're holding on to all this shit you know either you're holding on for like the confrontation to come about it or like to have your Karen and Costco moment or whatever it is. Um, and when you're wearing a mask, you're constantly reminded of the fact that we have to wear fucking masks every day. 
Um, and so I think that sit down on a patio with a glass of wine and you're, and you know, even if it's just you and your spouse, um, that clink of the glass and that just like moment of, of letting go. Um, you know, this is, we could talk about vineyards and we could talk about barrels and corks and bottle shapes and varieties and clones and, and, you know, the history of all of it. But that, that moment is actually why, you know, any, that's wine, wine, that's why wine, right. um, right. all the rest of it is just <laughs> right. superfluous, you know, right. that's why. That's why wine. And, you know, you saw people over the holiday weekend who were all opening fancy bottles of stuff and, um, you know, and, and whether they felt like it was a really great time to celebrate or not, it was still a time to like open one of those bottles. And, and at the end of the day, it's not about, um, you know, what vineyard it came from and what the soil was and what vintage it was. It was because it tastes good and allows you to let go for a second. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's all about the distraction at this point, right? Yeah. 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 Still a lot of people though, it's challenging at the hotel. You know, people are, I, I don't know if people are coming from different areas. Like they're not from California because it was, you know, several conversations I had to have of, you know, people coming up to taste the wine and said, put your mask on. And they'd say, Oh shit, it's in the car. Or do you guys have a mask that I can have? Or, um, so it's still people that just haven't quite gotten used to <laughs> what it's like around here. But, but isn't that amazing that, I mean, like you say, I wonder where they are coming from because, I mean, you can't go anywhere without, like, going without your mask. I mean, I, I've left the house a couple times and gotten, you know, halfway to town and turn around and come back because I'm not going to be one of those people that walks in and does. Yeah, I've, I've, the, yeah. I've seen that at Oliver's, the, the person um, that forgets so and they I, have to pull their like, I mean, I guess you forget them, obviously. But, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think there's, it's like a uniquely living in fire country thing where, you know, I've had a half open, a half full box of N95 masks in my, you know, in the back of my car for, for three years. Um, and it's like, you can't, and I thought about, you know, in the beginning of the pandemic times when there was shortages of N95s and I guess maybe there is still, um, I thought about, you know, you know, can I donate it somewhere? But really, who wants? Uh, like, maybe there was bad enough. But who wants a, a dusty, like dog hair filled box of of N95 masks? Except for you know, now what they are is like when when you're really in a bind and you forget like all the cool masks that you have and the white bark masks and the Grateful Dead bandanas and all the things uh, you throw on one of these uncomfortable esque N95s and you go into you know go to the supermarket for a half an hour yep <laughs> yeah we got the same thing we had a bunch left over and we, we donated a bunch to kaiser but kept a few just for just for uh prepping for the you know september and october so we could right. have some available right right that's the thing is we actually you know we need n95s i mean where we live um you have to have you have to have them you had to have them before corona when you have to have them after corona um because because we catch on fire you know yeah yeah it's real dry out there too that drive from petaluma out towards the coast i mean it is dry yeah. oh it's, yeah it's a it's a drought year 
it's yeah. um we're seeing a lot of that smoke today from those fires in the south bay i think um yeah definitely a drought year yeah yeah if I, i'm definitely like a follow every fire on that happens in the state on Twitter kind of person. Um, and obviously that makes it like amplifies how many fires you think there are. Um, but even then it's, it's already been a fairly, fairly busy fire season and it's still July. We have a uh, several months to go and we'll see. It's going to be, it's going to be one. There's going to be one. There's going to be, I mean, I just, just where in the state it is. Yeah. Right. Well, you guys ever, you know, I was looking at, um, on my Instagram, I'm shocked at how many of these wine Instagram influencer people, like how many followers they have. Like I'm looking at, there's even our, our friends, the sommelier sisters are, are, are climbing up there and they're doing all kinds of like partnerships with different companies. And, um, you know, you had me at Bordeaux, um, Big hair, big cab, like all the all these people. Right. You guys, you guys ever thought about just sending some bottles to some of these people just so they'll post on, uh, on but, social media? You know, so, so, so yeah, go just real it, quick. So, so I have a little bit of a thought on that. Uh, we have a couple people that we know that have these huge amounts of Instagram followers. And if you ever go in and look at like who these followers are a lot of times, they're obviously a bunch of bots and and not legitimate ones. Oh, you um, think these so? Are, these these are winers. Yeah, uh, go on and 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 look at. It. I'm not going to say it on on online, but I'll send you one to go look at, Brian. And uh, you know, and I don't know that necessarily. <laughs> I think it just happened to him. I think you know, um, and even on our Instagram, I mean, on our Twitter for um, for the winemakers podcast, if you go in and look at the people who are followers. It, it's it's a bunch of stuff that has nothing to do with the wine business. So, um, but to go back to your other comment about you know the the influencers, um, you know the guy that's on Instagram, uh, Stephen, uh, down in he's down in Paso Robles, one so percent. Um, he's been mocking all of these Instagram, you know, influencers. You know, having a bottle of wine and in a bikini. Um, right. You know, what are we selling here? Are we selling wine or are we selling boobs? So, you know, boobs and bottles, I guess. Um, Those are the most popular ones for sure are the ones right. where, you know, it's Cali wine chick or whatever it is, you know, that's, and it's them, you know, and showing a little cleavage and, um, or in a bathing suit hanging out at the pool. And um, yeah, I wonder if they're actually, if you do get movement on your wine or if it's just a bunch of, you know, pervs on their that are following it just to look at the, look at the, uh, at the, uh, eye candy. Um, I'm trying to multitask here, which is a terrible idea. I, I, I mean, I, I, I just don't, I just don't see those people. I just don't see those people, um, bringing a lot of real true buyers. That's you know? yeah, the, the, uh, the girls the in the, the hats. Yeah. Um, I mean, the funny thing is, Brian, like the the influencers that you actually named to start this conversation and I'll, I'll you know, big hair, big cab, who's uh, Casey Anderson. She's actually she's been to the tasting room. I think she might be a member. If not, she's she's bought wine. Um, you know, obviously, you know, she 
she posts great pictures. She's probably the most one of the more. You said a couple other names that are like some of the more like and the Somalia sisters who are like yeah. at least like you know know something about wine, real people. Um, for the most part, it's like so disconnected from what actually like any of these wine you know our wines for sure are about um that it's you know you're doing it to get the pictures um i think yeah. bart said it the I, I, you know even th- those you know the the influences that have been through here um and taken great pictures and posted it and gotten hundreds of likes on their pictures and whatever I, I, I don't think i've ever seen a single order out of it Right. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't drive sales except for the wine that those people actually buy, and and you're stoked when, frankly, they're ones that are coming in and and throwing down and buying wine as opposed to expecting because they have fifty thousand Instagram followers that I'm going to give them wine. Right. So. Well, and some of those things are. It's you know I don't know if you've ever heard that story about car commercials where a lot of the car commercials aren't really to entice people to purchase a car it's to make people feel better about the purchase that they've already made so when they they've already bought a you know a subaru and then they see the commercial that shows the people in the subaru you know driving across country and camping or whatever and they go oh yeah we made a great decision with our subaru look at those people you know living their best life but maybe sometimes that's it's not people driving purchases but when they see your bottle on there they go oh yeah those people we like those people <laughs> but it doesn't mean they're gonna get on the phone and reach out to you yeah now you know what what you end up what ends up happening is when you finally connect with somebody who follows one of those accounts they have that moment we're like oh that sounds familiar i think i've seen that label somewhere before um and you know and that's better than nothing. I mean, that's, that is something. It is something that when somebody comes in, they have some connection already, but there's, there's a thousand other ways of doing that that are more effective for, from you know, what I've seen. I don't know. And I just wonder what's max capacity for those people too, you know, cause I, I, I for sure I'm seeing more and more of them and, and the amount of followers they have. And I'm just wondering how, how far that, that goes. Well, and the thing about it is it creates this little bubble where, and, and even when we had the Somalia sisters and, and others on the show that time, um, they talked about it. You, you know, what there is is a, a community of other wine influency kind of accounts. And frankly, when you go on to there you know when you're on when you have one of those accounts you can go into instagram that's what you see is other others of those accounts um and so it you know there's a little bit of a of a echo chamber there um but you know for the most part if when you go on instagram even if you follow a bunch of those things what you see is pictures of your friends and their kids right i mean that's just like that's what the algorithm has said we want to see um, I don't know. Maybe maybe yours is more girls with bottles of Chardonnay in convenient places, Brian. But um, <laughs> if, really, if, if when you want to see that, you have to go to the Winemakers Podcast because the algorithm thinks that the Winemakers Podcast is in that community of of wine influency accounts, right? I mean, 
It's not right. your personal account. Yeah, no, my personal Instagram is is funny because it's, you know, it's maybe five percent of it is my wife and my daughter, and the rest of it, I just take shots of bottles just to show people what I'm drinking. But I'm and and sometimes I'll tell them where you can get it and how much it is or whatever. But it, I don't know how many people actually go out and uh, buy wine because they said, oh, because because well, we, Brian we, Casey. because you see, yeah, Brian Casey said it was a good wine. Let me. Let me run out to Bottle Barn and pick one of those things up. Well, you know what, Brian, I think you need to do is you need to give it the over the shoulder, you know, looking back at the label um, with, you know, your face in it, you know, kind of looking over your shoulder, giving a little wink to the Show camera. more skin, Brian. Yeah, a little Show drop skin. shirt a little bit, maybe, a, maybe a, a tank top with, you know, the guns out or something. Yeah, and a Speedo. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'd go that far. <laughs> kind of considered. That might be considered trying too hard. No, kind of go like the Burt Kreischer. I don't know if you guys know Burt Kreischer. Yeah. He, he's a comedian, the the machine, <laughs> and he's he's not shy about wearing a speedo with his gut hanging out. And um, yeah, I don't know if I'm ready to um, put my family but, in that position. Know, the Podfather has said that really to like make the get the the. Uh, winemakers podcast instagram account um have like the robust features and he said the magic starts happening at ten thousand followers so maybe you know we need to do a little more winemakers podcast hosts and speedos uh, and we can we can get you know we're at what somewhere a thousand fifteen hundred two thousand but you know we need we need eight thousand more followers and maybe maybe speedos is the way to get there Okay, I'll I'll work on that Moving this on. week. <laughs> let me see what I can do this week to to bump up the the Insta a little bit. Yeah, Go back we've to got, the inkwells, Brian. We've got uh, one thousand two hundred seventy four uh, followers. So let me see if, if I can get that up. To, don't follow us on Instagram. Do because it's going to get a lot more interesting. <laughs> or don't. It's, a, it's about to get. If weird. you're listening and you, you follow, you, this may be a time to unfollow. <laughs> if you don't want to be affiliated, right? And Sam, did you guys? What did I, you guys? I, uh, I just. What? I was just to say, I think you know, I think you get what you pay for when you have your Instagram followers. I think if they're organic people that find you or that you're able to find, they're going to interact with you. But if you're just looking for the numbers for how many followers are, there's a lot of ways to get that, you know? Um, right. But, you know, really look at what they are. Look at, go on to some of these big accounts and look who are the people that are following them. And they're, they're not anything that's going to benefit, you know, what you're actually doing, I think. So I don't know, maybe I'm just cynical and too much COVID. Well, no, and I think I think this podcast is, is that a is, symptom? Is that a symptom of COVID? Yeah, cynicism? I, yeah. I heard Fauci say that. <laughs> I've been a carrier for years. <laughs> but Bart Bart, I think this podcast is a good example of a, a pretty organic following that we've cultivated over whatever it's been, two or three, three now three years or something that and it's and they're engaged, which is what I really like about our listeners too. Is we got a right. good core group of engaged people that, um, you know, it's it's not that they 
not that they saw us on Instagram and were like, wow, that Brian, he looks pretty cute holding that bottle. Let's go listen right. to the podcast. <laughs> but we could be missing out on a whole group and a whole audience, Brian. We Sam, really could be. <laughs> Sam, the, <laughs> yeah. if, if we go down that road, it's our listeners are going to look like the Folsom Street Fair. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be a bunch of bears in leather <laughs> which hey might be good for business uh, you know um everybody likes wine Brian. everybody likes wine and you got a whole bear connection with 16600 and the grateful dead i mean i'm actually wearing my smoky the bear shirt today see we're we're already there <laughs> We have and and we have uh, the nunnery, the vineyard that my brother's developing right now. In the last in the last month, game cam has caught a bear. One of the guys on the crew saw. A, wait, a wait, 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 a, wait, Did, wait, 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 wait. You just you just said caught a bear. What do you? Oh, the right. camera as caught in, a like, photo in, of like. Um, so yeah. the motion the motion detector photo of a, of a the animal. Yeah. Okay. 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 Right. And then, uh, and then a mountain lion jumping over a fence in an orchard. Picture of that. Uh, cell phone photo. And then the crazy one. And I, I'll send this to you. And maybe I'll even put this on our Instagram account. We'll see what kind of followers we get from it. Um, one of the guys was driving up the road uh, and sees this bobcat, like going after something in. The, in like a culvert you know the ditch on the side of the road pulls out his his cell phone it's a rattlesnake and there's two minutes of bobcat versus rattlesnake including the rattlesnake biting the bobcat the bobcat jumping like 10 feet in the air uh going over licking its wounds and then going back in and, wow and apparently like bobcats maybe are like resistant to to rattlesnake venom um or something anyway it's just it's a, a sign about how wild it is, uh, you know, up there at the top of the Mayakamas Mountains. Um, so, point being, we got the bears already, Brian. We got yeah. the bears, we got the cats, we got the bobcats. We, uh, I, I got to run out to the parking lot real quick. The uh, the golden rule of the tasting house is in effect. I'll tell you about that in a second. All right. <clears throat> and Bart, um, what are you what are you doing with wine? I I know you were helping out Steve Law from. McLaren yesterday do some do some work at the winery but where are your wines at uh, my wines are I've sent in um, all my label copy to my label company and so they're getting ready to print labels for me and you were talking and about possibly doing a label change well what are you doing are you sticking to your no guns no 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 we're sticking to our game guns I'm 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 exploring I have these couple two little concepts for different labels that I think I've talked to you about that, you know, if I can ever get to that point and find someone who's a designer might help me flush through these ideas. But for right now, I'm talking about just doing my normal, my normal label. Um, so we're going to bottle the uh, 18 Chenin Blanc, the 18 Le Chamazals in, the 18 Rossi Grenache. And then we're going to bottle the 16. I tasted through the 16 Syrah yesterday that i have um that's been in barrel all this time with steve 
And it's actually, it's like 80, 84% Syrah and the balance being 16% being Mouvedre. And I think what I'm going to do as opposed to labeling it Syrah, because it's more of a, it tastes much more of a blend style wine than a pure Syrah, especially because it's from a warm climate, is I'm just going to bottle a new um, Valeria blend with a different blend. And, you know, the, the blend is on the side of the label and it's just going to distinguish it by being a different one. I don't know if Valeria I... Valeria too. Yeah, I don't Valeria know. Part, too. I don't know if I told you that I've been watching... Um, you know, Narcos on Netflix. And there is uh, the reporter down in Colombia that was have, kind of having an affair with Pablo Escobar. Her name is Valeria. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I think it was the only time I've ever seen someone called Valeria. Okay. So you should sort of right. find a way to get with one of these influencers and Netflix and, <laughs> and Narcos and uh, market that wine. Right. Um, he actually should really, Bart, you should probably call that wine. You know, you need to call that wine. You know, do I, don't even make me say it. It's contango. It's a hundred percent contango. It has it, to be. It, it, it is. Well, so, so while you were gone, Sam, we talked about like, I need someone to come up with a concept for what that label looks like though. You know, or, you know, uh, is right. I mean, is what this, is that? You know, with it, without the without it just being like a stock market thing going up and down, which is you know maybe a little bit too obvious, something of that nature, you know. So um, anyway, but the main thing is is that I've got labels being printed, and I'll be bottling. I have um, bottling equipment secured, uh, so now I just need people that aren't afraid to uh, bottle with me for a, a day. So are you gonna? Bottle, Tell me about your, you know, what your cases or so. Actually, it'd be your, more like 300. What's your um, so, bottling system like? Well, so um, uh, there's a gentleman by the name of Monty Polson, son of Pat Polson, for those of us who remember the back to the um, days of laughing. And, and Pat Polson was, you know, a comedian of the Smothers Brothers. And he had a wine label up in Asti. Um, and, uh, Polson had run, tried to run for president a couple of times and, uh, you know, he made legit wine. It was inexpensive, but it was wine. But, um, so his son has remained in the business and he has some bottling equipment. He has a, a gravity filler, a, um, a corker, automated corker, and then a hand labeler. And it's not in a truck. It just comes in and he sets it up in your warehouse. Um, you can set them as close or as far apart as you need. And it's legitimate. It's not like, you know, homemade wine bottling equipment. It's all taken out of, you know, old bottling lines, but it's just self-standing. And um, so it works pretty slick. Um, I can send you some videos of, of the equipment, Sam. Um, you can check it out. Uh, and it's, you know, a lot I mean, cheaper. It's yeah. a lot cheaper because you don't have the overhead of the truck coming in. Um, and it should give you every bit right. of good as good a quality bottling um, because it's the actual equipment. But they kind of drop it off and come pick it up. Interesting. And you have to, so you just have to set up the line and run it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Which I've done that huh. a couple of times. I mean, so if you know how to run the equipment, it's not a bad idea. No, it's not. I'll send you the, the video 
um, link to. He has a video of it all set up. And you know, you don't if you don't put foils on it, there you don't have to rent the foiler. You don't have to pay for the foiler on the truck. You know, even though you're not using it, um, uh, they have a sparger do so you, you can sparge. Bottle and do you get? Is there a label? Label on labels on it or no labels? Yeah, no. There's a labeler. There's a labeler, and it's one of those. It's one of those little labelers, you know, that that you see where you stick the bottle on the side. It's one at a time. I mean, it's it's okay. not like it's not like there's any um, conveyor parts or anything. It's strictly, you know, goes on the the corker. It comes off the corker, goes onto the table. The labeler picks it up and puts the label. Right. Um, so, uh, but it can be run, you know, with not a lot of people. It's slow. Um, yeah. How long will it take you to do two, three hundred cases? Good job. That's that's. Oh, it would probably take the day. You know, he says he says with a good crew you can do, you know, between seventy five and a hundred cases an hour. Um, so, uh, we're gonna give it a try. Because the other thing is, bottling trucks are very hard to get at this point. Also, um, you know, uh, they're backed up. Um, and so to do a small it's amount, um, it's, it's very difficult. And to do a small amount, you, you know, they, they, you have to pay for the overhead. You basically, yeah. There's a minimum. Um, go ahead, Sam. I think we, we might've lost Sam there. He, either that or he is deep in thought. He looks really deep in thought. Yeah, I'm frozen. There we go. I was frozen. There you are. I wasn't thought. I wasn't thinking at all. I was thinking, "Fuck, my computer sucks." <laughs> no thought. Uh, no, I mean, I'm, well, I am thinking about a a small bottling line like that, where you know we could do our bigger runs on the truck and then do the 25 case and 50 case lots by hand and spend a day doing that. Uh, probably save a lot of money that way. Or spend the exact same amount of money. Who knows? Um, but, but bottling is definitely, you know, uh, sort of a precursor to a lot of the conversations that are happening now, which is, you know, how do you, we've been talking about for three months, how do we bottle safely in a pandemic? And, um, and now that conversation is shifting to how do we harvest and process fruit and crush fruit and work in a winery um you know safely and during a you know during all of this you know how do you put people facing each other on a sorting table or a jacks table um you know or even just like on the tractor running through the vineyard um it's all it's all a new level of calculation every time there's a a new task or a new you know phase of the season uh, is a new conversation and and how we deal with it, right? Did I freeze yeah. out and you didn't hear any of this? No, no, yeah, no we no, got we you. Yeah, I yeah, mean, just, I'm just thinking about that. You're right because you know, I mean, it's close quarters picking grapes out there. You're running by your yeah. coworker. He's at a vine. You know, a different. You're handing bins back and forth from the tractor over the vine rows, and you know, there's sweat. And I mean, I know they say this can't be you know, spread through sweat, but it's still, it, it, it's still people very close quarters. And, and let's face it, yeah. picking grapes with a mask on is not anything going to be fun. No, no. I mean, it's, so. it's, it's a, it's an athletic event. 
Um, yeah. And, you know, was, I mean, but, you know, like we all tweeted out pictures of Mike Trout and, you know, playing basketball and, 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 and Buster Posey working out, wearing masks, getting ready for baseball season. I don't know about the basketball players. I think they're in the bubble, so they're not going to wear masks or something. But, right. um, yeah, it's, it, you know, uh, Garrett, the, the West Wine Tour is now, you know, a picnic table building extraordinaire is um is the defensive coordinator for the Sonoma Valley football Sonoma Valley High School football team and apparently Nike gave is giving them to all you know in efforts to keep kids hooked young um gave high schools all over the country these like athletic masks for their for their stu- for their athletes to wear while you know playing practicing football this summer we got an email oh, wow. today from for from so maybe, CYO maybe about Oliveris's crew athletic masks, the Nike masks. Right. We um got an email today from CYO for um, basketball season coming up, which they would have started, you know, taking opening up applications and start, you know, doing the the uh, tests, you know, checking out the kids around August first, and they've pushed it all back to. The earliest, if they do basketball this season, is going to be after January, not till January. So, um, you know, I, I think that's probably ultimately not going to happen. I can't imagine there's any way there's any basketball, youth basketball going on. So it's a bummer. You know, and for that matter, swimming. I, I mean, I know Brian, your daughter's back swimming. My my son is is not. He's um, he's uh, he's just not into it, but. You know, is there ever going to be a swim meet again? You know, how how do you do uh, that? I, I don't see that ever happening. Yeah, because for the practices, we're dropping off our kids. You're dropping them off. You kind of watch them go in, take the temperature check to make sure that they get in, and then and then you sit in your car for an hour and a half. Yeah. So doing that for a swim meet, which you know Bart knows this, but Sam, you don't know this. The swim meets are such a pain in the ass. They're Saturday and Sunday. No, I, all, I was a swimmer growing up. Oh like, man, <laughs> I mean you're. It's basically camping. You're camping at the swim meet. I mean, everyone's got tents up and all that crap. So you're there the whole day. So there, there's no way to, to do that um, for a while. But at least keeps them, keeps them healthy. But, you know, I'm glad she's back in the water because it's, it's, good, it's good exercise. Now, and they say that uh, the swimming pool with the chlorine and – um, just sort of obviously being outside in the sun is one of the safer places that you can be, um, like actually in the pool, but a swim meet 97 point, no, more like 98 and a half percent of the time that you're at a swim meet, it's, you're not in the pool. Right. You're, you know, right. sharing red vines and a easy you know, pup tent and a, you know, yeah. some park somewhere. Um, yeah. Also, maybe I was more or, focused or, on the red vines than swimming, which is probably why I never got good <laughs> times. But um, yeah, it's it's uh, a very different thing. A swimming is very different than practice. And just so many people. I mean, right yeah. now they they limited the amount of kids. It's you know two kids per lane, and they just cross in the middle every once in a while. And Bart, I don't know any. I don't know what the chlorine, that whole chlorine thing. Because I'm like, if it's an airborne virus, like I don't know what. The, I guess if they're not touching. They're not touching surfaces if they're in water with chlorine. I don't. I don't know. But well, and there's chlorine in the air all around the pool too. Right. Right. Yeah. And remember. And remember, the solution, the solution is and, dilution. 
Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sam's just shaking his head at that. Yeah. <laughs> Pounding my head on the new microphone here. Um, Everyone's comfortable doing different shit. I mean, Disney right. World is still gonna gonna go right into right. letting people into the park. So Disney World's opening and Disneyland is not. Yeah, well, we got different governors. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hey Sam, uh, do you know anything about this um, this organic weed killer that uh, uh, that Craig Camp was talking about? And on his blog, he wrote something about it that they had tested it, and it might even be a Monsanto-based product. But um, have you guys played around with this at all? I mean, I, I know um, I've heard some people use it. I'm just wondering what what your perspective is. Um. Well. First of all, um, let it be known that Monsanto is the world's largest producer of organic products. Just hard stop. So, um, you know, because it's a valuable part of the business. So there's definitely a, a strong possibility that, you know, a product that you're using has some Dow chemical or some Monsanto technology in it. Um, we have used some or, organic uh, herbicides, weed killers. Um, in fact, you know, it, it killed me, uh, it slayed me. There's a product called Weed Slayer um, right. that we applied to the steel plow vineyard right there on Highway 12, which is like crushes my soul as, you know, not, not because it's bad or good, but because... Um, you know, all I do is talk about look for places with strips of spray um, and those are non-organic vineyards. And here's our like most visible, only like highway fronting vineyard and, and they went and strip sprayed it. Um, but the reason they did that, it was because there was a, a problem at that vineyard with noxious weeds. There was, there was plants that were growing out there that were out competing the cover crop and the things that we plant out there. And so we went in and really early sprayed. There's a couple of these vineyards, especially the ones along the highway, to be honest, and along Arnold Drive. Um, and we sprayed this weed slayer, and it looked like a strip sprayed vineyard for the first three months of the year. And and now you go out there, and the the sweet alyssum and and the clovers and the things that we planted subsequently had a chance to grow and the vineyard looks looks better than ever. Um, and I think that uh, the point being, um, the, the best way to do it is to not have to spray something. But when you don't spray things, when you do have to spray something, the effectiveness of that, sub, that product, and this goes for both products that are, you know, certified organic and not, the effectiveness of those products go way, way up. So if you have a, a vineyard, and this goes for insecticides, you know, fungicides, if you have a vineyard that um, has a, a healthy bug population and you get a bug out there that you don't want, um, it's going to be a less, it's going to be a less aggressive problem. And, and then when you do go out and, you know, use some sort of spray, it's going to, you can be more targeted and be more effective. Same thing goes with, you know, with mold and mildew control. So, um, you know, that's, uh, there is a place in modern agriculture for modern products. Um, and, and this is probably some place where 
you know, we would, as Enterprise Vineyards goes, would, would disagree with, with some biodynamic principles and at, um, and at times to be a successful, you know, profitable farming operation, um, you have to bring in all of the tools. Phil, Phil quotes uh, Buckminster Fuller all the time. And I don't know the exact quote, but it's about using applied technology. That, I mean, there's things out there that make you do your job better. You just have to know how to use them. Right. And use them and, at the right times. Right. And, and I think what, if I, I was looking for the, the link, but I didn't find it, but Craig had said that, you know, they, they did an experiment with it, but they weren't ready to go full in with it because they're afraid that it also will affect, you know, the, the biological load that's, that, that they've been working so hard to build up. Like, it must have some effect on that also. Um, uh, because if it's doing that good a job, like you said, where it looks strip, strip sprayed, um, there has to be some other, um, some, something else that's, that's being taken away also. You know, I, I, I always liken it to, you know, when you do a, a fining to a wine, you know, yes, you might get rid of some of the bitterness, but do you also suppress some of the aromas or do you take away, lose some aromas and stuff? And right. so that, you know, going back to that, if you don't have to do it, um, you're maybe better off not doing it. Um, yeah, it's. So. Um, I will say to a, a sort of a, a nuance of using these products that that I saw is a. It never looked totally like parched earth, um, barren land, where and um, and this is something that like you just have to have seen enough there's a certain color that a, like the gra- the plants turn when they're sprayed with roundup as they're dying that's this sort of like very unnatural kind of like orangey color um that to me is just like the telltale sign of of glyphosate and um it didn't really do that it went it was like a, just you know more of that sort of pale yellow um right. what to me seems like a, a natural way for a, a ground cover plant to die um right. so so you know but obviously that's a, a very like nuanced per, uh, perspective on on you know something you would see and it lasts you know there's only a couple of days where you'd have to see that so right yeah but that mean but i think that means it's probably better for this the whole you know the the biology of the vineyard in general Right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Thanks. Hey, Sam. Yeah. I got, I got a question for you. Uh, um, the other day, Sondra and I were talking to Rick Orlando, chef in New York, and he was saying with how the, all the states are going to be, their budgets are going to be way short. That he thinks uh, legalizing marijuana is going to be a way out for a lot of people, at least a way to get a, get some revenue stream going. Um. Because I think in New York, he was saying it was basically still medical. It wasn't quite um, like we are here in California. And I don't even know if it's medical with like dispensaries. I think it's just medical, meaning if you have a medical card, you can have it, but there's nowhere to buy it, I don't think. Right. Yeah. Or, but, but you can have it delivered. But I was, it made me yeah. think of, you know, California, we're already legal. But how, I was wondering how far out do you think we are from having like wine country people being able to come to california and go to a taste room and taste wine how far out are we from people coming to california to specifically northern california 
and being able to sit in a quote unquote tasting room and sample cannabis. Um, I mean, I think that when you, when you look at it through the perspective of state and local budgets that are just going to get absolutely annihilated by the Corona economy, um, you know, it's, that's probably a good place to, um, you know, a good people are going to look there for sure um, for for revenue. Um, an interesting thing happened in California this week, actually, which is um, a, a bill in the California legislature that would make cannabis appellation. This is something that I've talked about, you know. 25 times on this show in the past, but a bill that would make um, cannabis appellations and make cannabis appellations so that um, they have to be for um, uh, in-ground, grown in the sun, like natural plants that you can't call it an appellated cannabis if it comes from a, you know, a warehouse in an industrial district. Um, so that piece of it to me, like if, especially as, as more and more States become legal, um, as far as cannabis tourism, having a reason to exist, uh, it needs to have be tied to the place that it's grown. Um, so I think that those two things are probably a sign that it's, you know, it'll be, um, before Abby graduates from high school. How about that? Is I'll just make that. Um, I don't know about Dane. I'm hoping that Dane's as smart as his mom and, and can graduate from high school. Um, <laughs> but I'll, I'll give. I'll give when by the time Abby graduates from from high school. What's that? Six years. Yeah. So it'll be sort of like a DOC, a DOCG, IGT, whatever. All that you know, Italy, yeah. France. Right. Well, I mean, you know, and frankly, you know, it's not. It's not. Um, specified in in wine appellations but yeah obviously if your wine is from the moon mountain district it means that the plants that grew it are in soil and sunlight in the moon mountain district like we grow grapes outside in vineyards um so to get you know appellated it just it'll be acas or ccas california cannabis appellations um and then to me cannabis tourism has a more compelling i mean for a while there'll be there's always going to be states where you can't get pot and they're going to want to come to places where you can but um to have like a tasting room to say here's you know the russian river valley and here's the moon mountain district and here's carneros in three you know similar strains um it has to you know that's that's when it becomes what the wine country is well, and, and what, you know, with what's going on with excess fruit, like big crops in 17 and 18, or, you know, even 18 or what, 18, 19. Um, and with what's going on right now with the pandemic and, you know, restaurants not being open, people sort of trying to get out of their contracts um, for purchasing fruit this year. Like, I'm wondering if people here in California will transition over to growing cannabis rather than growing grapes. I mean, you're still talking about monoculture. I, you know, yeah, but I don't know that that's going to happen, Brian, because I don't know that there's 
that much of a demand and you know it's just it's there's so many regulations still with growing cannabis right i mean i don't i don't see i don't see grape growers saying well i don't ha- i pulled that field and i'm going to put in cannabis now i just I don't know, Sam. You should speak to this, not me. But um. Um, well, it's certainly not going to happen in Sonoma County or in Napa County, where you still can't even grow cannabis commercially outside or even at all. Um, but a hundred percent, it's happening as we speak in Santa Barbara County. Um, this is, you know, one of the sort of silly things about the way the California laws were written, um, but. The way the, the basically California said it's up to the counties to come up with the way commercial cannabis cultivation looks like in your county, except for the largest that you can have is an acre. Um, and then what Santa Barbara did is they had the second tier where you could have 10,000 square feet and you can have as many 10,000 square feet permits as you want. So right. Santa Barbara's become uh, hundreds of and thousands of 10,000 square foot parcels. Uh, that are these giant grows and they're on, it's encroaching on, on vineyard land. And there's already battles between like wineries and you know, grape growers and, and pot growers. If, if about like if the terpenes from the cannabis is going to affect the flavors of the wine and, you know, if, if they're grown in large quantities next door to each other and, you know, we don't know because it's never really happened. So, you know, some of those fears are becoming, real in um in santa barbara for sure um the the competition up here for you know between cannabis and wine and grapes is is labor um right especially like if you get into mendocino um a legal cannabis market in mendocino is much more steady work and better paying than um than the wine business and the grape businesses up there. Well, and, and I would think part of the competition would be water too. Imagine if they said, okay, California, pretty much you can grow outdoors wherever you want. Um, Central Valley, wouldn't that become just like one huge freaking cannabis field? Uh, you know, there's places where that's happening. Actually, what's happening is um, hemp is becoming the the more economically feasible uh, large scale crop again, which makes a lot of sense. Except for now, we have competition. Or the conflict is hemp growers versus pot growers. Uh, pot growers don't want cannabis pollen in the air, and uh, uh, hemp growers are growing for seeds, which means you need pollen. You need you need male plants and female plants, so you need pollen in the air. Um, so there's, there's lots, you know, it gets complicated. <laughs> it's complicated for sure. Yeah. Quickly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like having a biodynamic vineyard right next to a conventionally farmed vineyard. Who's your neighbor? You're, you're, right. Yeah. Right. It just fucking shit up. <laughs> yeah. 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 You don't want drift. You don't want, you don't right. want, uh, you know, you don't want roundup drift and you don't want pollen drift. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I'm going to have to get up to Sonoma and see see about uh, tasting some Roussan. Yeah, man. And we got to taste um, your Roussan. We got a, we got a bottle.
model year, Rusan. Well, no, it's Bart and I got numbers back the other day. It's still it's still moving along. It's uh, still got a little bit still of moving. Yeah. Oh yeah. As soon as as soon as, as spring came and the cellar started to warm up, it came alive. It, it sounds it sounds like you know uh, uh, like you've opened a, a sparkling water and poured it in. And you put your ear to the glass. That's what it sounds like right now. So um, oh, yeah, good. it's uh, you like take the barrels and stick them outside every once in a while. Uh, you know what? I, I haven't had to simply because it's moving so much now. I mean, it, it'll. It'll be dry in a week, week and a half at the most. That's cool. So, yeah. And it's and then, starting to it's starting to smell, you know, less rustic already. Right. Right. So Yeah. Brian, we'll I have, have to, to say that this this background that you have on your virtual background, it's very odd because you there's no body, it's just your head and then all these wine labels behind you. Right. Um, <laughs> right. And and like you keep moving, loading in a head. sea of rosé. I'm right. like uh, I'm like Max Headroom. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reference not a lot of people will get. That reference is completely lost on me, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait a minute. So you got to tell us what you, why when you walked out to the parking lot, what was that about? Uh oh. Well, I, my wife showed up and I needed to give her my, my wife showed up. I had to give her money. Um, uh, but the, the immutable golden rule of the tasting house, and this oh, is, yeah. I, I can't never get anything done in the tasting house is it's, it's a communal pass through place. So there's always people coming through distracting me or like, just you know derailing the flow of the day which is fine um I, I can never leave here whenever i try and leave whether i'm leaving it's whether it's you know to go somewhere it's the end of the day doesn't matter what time of day it is as as i'm walking to my car with like keys in my hand inevitably somebody shows up like it's just the the rule of the tasting house and it's why we started recording late is you know i, I was walking in here somebody showed up it just it's the it's the immutable rule of the sixteen six hundred tasting has, <laughs> and that's I've actually I'm like I loved I love work from home. I was getting more done working from home when as long as the baby was asleep or not in the room, I could get stuff done at home better than I could ever at the office. Yeah. Well, are you upstairs? Are you over across? Or are you actually in? I'm across. The we're not up. We're not upstairs anymore. But I'm I'm across. I'm downstairs across. Okay. So, like you can see, right out the window is. Oh, there we go. Yeah. So who? Um, ha what what happened to the upstairs spot? Uh, the 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 person we were subletting it from is actually I haven't seen him in a while, but he was using it as an office pretty regularly since in in February and March. Oh, okay. He came back. Yeah. Um, we, I didn't say we're bottling, um, Adutet on Wednesday and Thursday. Adutet red wine, 2018 Adutet going into bottles. Awesome. So, and the so, labels are the ones that we saw on, uh, Combi's Insta. Yeah. Combi, Combi leaked the labels before anybody, before they were finished, but <laughs> yeah, Combi okay. leaked the labels. No. Okay. Yeah, definitely want to try some of that. 
Yeah. Well, uh, you know, we got to you got to get over here, Brian. Even if it's not even if it's not us sitting at the the farthest we can stretch the microphone cables out, so we can sit around the patio and be uh, a social physical distance appropriate. Um, yeah, you know, at least see each other from the parking lot. No, we need to do that next week and get over and try my wine and, and stop at the tasting house. To see you guys. Okay. Well, and yeah, and and you know, next week. Uh, I believe we have Rob McMillan from Silicon Valley Bank on the calendar. Uh, I'll get a confirmation yeah. from him hopefully today. Um, and then uh, we'll just keep going. Cool. You can hear the sounds and of nature. We should, <laughs> yeah. We should, uh, we should definitely record an episode where we sit in the patio and spread out and taste some wine because I have a feeling um, – we're going to want to do something fun and uplifting after we talk to Rob McMillan from Silicon Valley Bank. I mean, it's going to be really interesting. We'll learn a lot and it'll be a great episode, um, but it might be depressing also. I think we should, I was going to say, I think that's the one we should sit distantly apart and, um, and drink wine while we're doing it. (laughs) Well, so this is a question and I, I actually was thinking about this, uh, today. Would it be possible for us to zoom and do our traditional setup at the same time. Right. Brian, doctor. Yeah. I mean, if you ask John Myers for the last two years, yes, he seems to think that we can plug in the phone to, to the mixing board, but something that I've never done before. And, and actually, you know what? I invited him to this, um, to this show and he said i can't today but i'm in for next week so maybe he'll he'll uh show us how we can hook up a phone and show up and save the day yeah and then we can yeah i i, I don't think we i would think we need to test that before we actually do it <laughs> well we can test yeah. you know we can test that on that. yeah like monday or tuesday we can we can do a little test of it and see if it works and have one of us call in or have jasmine yeah. call in or something yeah, and we'll see how it sounds. You know, I was always concerned about the sound, but we've been doing this for three months now where it's not the same. So I think people just – Well, we don't care right. about the sound anymore. Yeah, right. uh, it's a thing. And, and, to be, and, you know, we all – Sam has the superior microphone, so uh, we're just chopped liver anyway, Brian. I don't know if it's superior. It's obviously bigger. It's a larger microphone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it sounds any better. I, I guess I haven't listened to the shows, but I bet you we could get more yeah, followers it by pretty good. It sounds the microphone pretty good. on our uh, Instagram account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thing is pretty fat. <laughs> All right, well, I'm gonna get, um, I'm gonna get my speedo, I'm gonna get my speedo on and go uh, take some bottle shots out in the backyard to post on Instagram. High acid Chardonnay, for sure, and. Uh, and Sam, get that video of the um, coyote versus the, rattle, the rattlesnake, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> get get that on I'll, there. I'll I think send it to cool. you guys first, but I'm gonna post it. I gotta post it. That's a great place to post it. I haven't posted yeah. it on anywhere yet. Yeah, no, I want to see that. The wild animal fights. <laughs> right. The wild kingdom. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. We'll be talking to you. All right. Peace out. Drink more wine. Drink, yeah, yeah, of course.